Hello, everybody. Welcome to this mini episode of FTW with Imad Khan. As you can probably tell, I am not Imad Khan, but I am Annie Pei, producer of this podcast. So today is a very special day for many of us. And I'm not talking about Easter here. I'm actually talking about Bunny Day. So that's the Easter Sunday equivalent that is happening right now in the latest Animal Crossing. And that's why we're calling this mini episode the Bunny Day edition. So before we get started, you're probably wondering, why am I not hearing Imad right now? Well, we decided to turn the tables on this one because we figured that part of doing this podcast is honestly so you guys can get to know Imad too. So he's too humble to say any of this, but Imad is both incredibly talented and also very, very smart. It's actually unfair that he's both. Anyway, he wrote a piece for the New York Times on why Animal Crossing is the perfect game for what we're going through right now, and we figured it was a good time for him to talk about it all. Welcome to the show, Imad. Hey, Annie. Let's get it started right now. You know, I think one of the main lines, right, that jumped out at me from the very, very, very beginning of your piece was, you know, how you described it, you describe the game as, you know, a little nice piece of whimsy, right? Especially for millennials as they self-isolate and they self-distance in their own homes while this coronavirus outbreak is going on. And I think something that's very interesting to me about the word whimsy, right, is... Funny enough, it is one of the words that had been frequently used by a lot of mainstream non-gaming related outlets whenever they needed to, you know, cover games. There was always kind of this view that, well, you know, you would enter these, for lack of a better word, whimsical worlds that nobody really mainstream media side could make sense of, right? And so I guess to kind of kick this off, I would love to kind of hear your thoughts on sort of where we've sort of progressed, right, you know, in terms of gaming and how it fits into the whole journalism narrative nowadays, and especially, right, you know, go through your piece a little bit. Tell us how Animal Crossing New Horizons fits into this whole structure. Why is whimsy good for what we're going through right now? Well, you know, I think uh, when I first pitched the article, I pitched the article about a month ago before uh, coronavirus really started taking form. And the idea was that it was an escape from millennials in the midst of you know, an oncoming global environmental collapse and economic uncertainty and mounting debt. And it took a long time for the article to get approved. And by the time it did get approved, it got approved kind of late. Uh, coronavirus had completely taken over the uh, the, the newsosphere. Um, and I think what that points to, I mean, it, it ended up just like all working together quite nicely, I guess. I really didn't have to reformulate too much. Uh, it and, and of course, uh, Animal Crossing did come out at a time where People are at home, people are wanting to play, people are wanting to connect. You know, I think the goal of my piece from the beginning was always to highlight the crazy inequity that our generations are, like Gen Z and millennials are trying to face prior, like versus maybe Gen X or the boomer generation or the silent generation. And it points to one, like the incredible sacrifices that our generation is having to make just to continue to live at a uh, level of parity with prior generations, right? I mean, you know, our generation, uh, you and I are millennials. So we were born into really good economic times under the Clinton administration. Um, and then early on, you know, we were hit with 9-11, which sprung us into like two wars, which cost trillions of dollars and uh, probably made us very jaded towards uh American foreign intervention and presence. Uh, and then when we were done with high school or ready to go off to college, or some of us who are graduating college uh, were hit with the Great Recession. 
No, so we've had to work through that. Through the Great Recession, that means we have to compromise with lesser pay, lesser benefits, lesser opportunities for home ownership, and lesser opportunities to like start a family, move on with our lives. Uh, that was all set back at least a good five to ten years. Now, as our generation, at least the millennial generation, is reaching the point where we would want to start a family and own a home through much trial and sacrifice. Uh, now we're hit with the coronavirus-led recession, which was started by, let's say, the inability for the Chinese government to, uh, you know, and them wanting to, like, you know, ha- deal with their own economic situation with uh, with, with people over there, um, not learning the, the lessons of, uh, you know, SARS and MERS, um, and not taking advantage of the fact that, you know, you have these lessons and, you know, you should be doing what's best for the people, but instead uh, you, you allow these... Uh, you know, allow these outbreaks to happen and also not ha- allowing a structure to uh, ha- uh, occur where people who f- find issues can work it up the ladder more efficiently, right? There's a famous case of the the, the doctor who did f- uh, find out about this new virus and was silenced ultimately and ultimately died from help, trying to help treat patients on this like new unknown disease. I mean, so we're having to suffer from these ineptitudes. And I mean, what is uh, what what is the ineptitude there from the prior generations? It's the uh, ineptitude of the uh, of communism, right? Uh, the this remnants of the Cold War, which occurred before you and I were born, uh, and then the Gen Zers who are just getting into college or maybe just graduating college, uh, you know, we're telling them to put your life on pause right now, right? And you have to do it largely because you know there are people who are immunodeficient, but more so that there are a lot of people in the older generations that are very susceptible to this. So you have to sacrifice, you know, your ability to move forward in in life at a comfortable rate so that, you know, the, the your your grandparents don't die. Um, and this is all, a, you know, a very large... Te- uh, so, I mean, my original article, which was about maybe environmental collapse and how it relates to the escapism that Animal Crossing offers, uh, was definitely extended further through coronavirus. I think that at one point in your piece, right, something that was really interesting is, you know, you bring up this idea of the American dream. And, you know, obviously that American dream looks very, very different depending on where you come from. But at its very core, Animal Crossing is this game where you literally can have that white picket fence life that it's so funny because, Imad, you and I have been living in New York for a few years. It's funny that our parents kind of came over, wanted that white picket fence life for us, and now we're in cramped studio apartments in New York. Um, But, you know, I think there is something to be said about the capability to sort of achieve some sort of parody by living this kind of quintessential American dream, even though it's in a world that, let's be real, very much seems totally, you know, not in parallel with what's going on with ours. It's completely another different world. You know, it's kind of hard to make sense of it. I mean, well, first of all, the... Like how do we even define the American dream, right? Because the American dream so much is based on the idea of the individual, right? The idea that through individual perseverance can you work hard, work your up the ladder, and live a comfortable life. Uh, but let's be honest, right? Like the era of the individual hasn't existed since the Great Depression. Kind of that rugged frontiersman in American history where, you know, you would go and buy some land from the government or like drive some indigenous people off their land and then, you know, settle it um, and then work hard to develop your land and whatever that doesn't exist. And it's good that the, that doesn't exist because 
there was no reliance on the government at all back then, meaning that, you know, if something happened to you or happened to your family, you know, you just had to like grab your gun and kind of deal with it. There was less order and less structure in society then. It's weird in that we essentially said, okay, we need the government to help society create a level of normalcy and order. They need to be there to ensure that if something does happen, people have safety nets, that people don't starve to death, that, you know, if there's a fire, like, you know, the, the government can come and save you. But because of the mythology of the American West, the idea of wanting to build that white picket fence still extends to that, even though it's like not totally fair, because that really only extended to white America. I mean, there is so much evidence of, you know, black America, immigrant communities that really would try to work that ladder and constantly would be pushed back by the government. And then, you know, you hear people maybe today that look at the past with rose tinted glasses that kind of scrub over the fact that there was a lot of struggle for a lot of communities and not necessarily us. But, you know, they kind of forget that and then just say, oh, you know, millennials are lazy or can't handle it or just aren't capable of that same rugged individualism that we had without acknowledging some of the benefits that they really like they were able to get these government benefits while still holding on to this idea of rugged individualism and uh, this American ideal. What Animal Crossing, I guess, then does is give give us this interesting fantasy of what happens when there is like absolute parody in society. Like, you know, Tom Nook is, for all intents and purposes, like the Federal Reserve or the banking system. And, you know, he's able to indiscriminately hand out loans to people so that they can like develop their life and, and then society grows around that. So there's definitely a cute idealism in society through that. But, you know, I think there's still like a lot more to kind of discover if we continue thinking about how Animal Crossing relates to human society as a whole at the moment. And, you know, I think, you know, to your point, when you enter this world, right, not only is there a parody in terms of the resources, right, available to you, you know, you brought up Tom Nook kind of being a bit like the bank, but... What also really strikes me is this idea of community building. So it's it's this world where it feels as though individualism, like it hasn't even been that it's been eroded over time. It's almost as though it is completely gone. And essentially everything that you do is for the betterment of this community. And so my last question to you is, we're obviously living at this time where we are even, you know, even more so than before, at least for our generation, forced to think about what our actions and the effects that and impact that our actions have on communities and how communities are built and how communities are maintained and how they're stabilized, preserved, etc. As we essentially try to distance and self-isolate and shutter our doors amid this outbreak. So for you, how do you kind of feel that this game could, you know, alter a lot of the way that we think about this individualism that had been so, so grained in very classic notions of the American dream? Hmm. How can Animal Crossing challenge the individualism that is so entrenched within American idealism? Is that kind of what you're asking? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I think what's interesting is that back, you know, if we, if we, if we want to like look at John Locke's state of nature, where he posits that before there were society, people had to essentially fend for themselves and protect themselves. There was no security. There was no law or order. If Annie steals a cow from me, I can't go to the police or go to the court system and, you know, make a complaint or have her arrested. My only goal is to, like, grab my knife and go kill her or get my cow back by beating her or something, right? It shows how important collaboration is between peoples or critters, I guess. And it kind of explains or kind of shows, like, 
why communication and uh, working together is probably a better form of society than uh, being totally disparate from one another, right? I mean, I, th- I think that's why maybe there was a bit of a flirtation with libertarian notions about a decade ago with the Tea Party movement. And I think a lot of that has gone away, especially now during the midst of the coronavirus, right? I, I, I think the last thing people want to really talk about is, oh, we need less government in our lives and that, you know, we should all just hold guns and like kill each other if anything really bad happens. Uh, because like we crave that little bit of structure, that little bit of normalcy, and also the the, the another problem like individualism is that or like this rugged individualism that uh, I think Animal Crossing is fighting against is that the humans are inherently social by nature, right? We 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 really crave this ability to want to be able to talk and connect with people on a daily basis, right? I mean, at the moment we're living in a society where a person who went to work and then went to the gym and then came home and had dinner and, you know, talked with their partner and went to sleep. That's all happening in one place right now. And there's a bizarreness to that. And, you know, your body isn't moving at all. So we're having to create these like different types of social interactions or communications so that uh, we have a semblance of normalcy. And, you know, Annie and I we have been talking a lot about the show and while Annie might complain that, you know, she's bombarding me with too many messages, the fact of the matter is that you know, where else am I getting it, uh, that interaction from? Like at most, I email my editors. I chit chat with some friends on Messenger or on WhatsApp. But really, the person who's kind of having greater level of interaction with me on like an hour by hour basis is Annie. And there's a real importance to that and it's bringing that level of normalcy that I maybe would have had if I were, you know, in New York at the moment and there wasn't coronavirus, you know, I'd be having lunch with people, going to, going out to a movie with people. I'd be having meetings with, like, people in the esports industry or whatnot. And I think Animal Crossing just helps people connect, especially in ways that they haven't before. For example, like, you know, I'm reaching out to friends that I haven't spoken to in, like, over a decade since high school. And, you know, we're, like, in each other's Animal Crossing towns. And there's a re- real surrealness to that because I think if it weren't for the game, I probably, they would just be another Facebook friend that, you know, oh, look, they got married. Oh, look, they had a kid. That's nice. But now we're actually like interacting and we're relying on each other for like resources and fruits and furniture and whatnot. And I think it's important because it gives normalcy in this abnormal time. Right. And thank you, Ahmad, for letting me interview you for this mini episode, our Animal Crossing Bunny Day edition. So for those of you who want to check out more of Ahmad's work, he is at Imad, that's his handle on Twitter, and you can find his articles in the New York Times, the Washington Post, and many, many, many other outlets who've really been blessed to have uh, have work done by him. And if you are really hankering to follow me, I am at pay underscore Annie. That would be my Twitter handle. And any questions about the show can go to either one of us. Until then, guys, have a really great Easter weekend or Bunny Day weekend. If you don't celebrate Easter, we will see you in a few days for the newest episode of FTW with Imad Khan. Goodbye.